Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to episode 296. Um, tonight, uh, this episode is going to talk about flashing. Flashing. So, uh, the finer points of flashing. And, uh, you know, a lot of this is uh, going to be copper flashing. We're talking about historic homes and paying attention to good installation methods in the sheet metal junctures of roofs and walls that help avoid some common problems of leakage. We don't like leakage. Not good. So. so roofs and walls are most vulnerable to water intrusion at their joints. Though the task of diverting rainwater is most critical in complex areas around chimneys, which penetrate the roof, and valleys, which are the intersections of roofs, that job falls on a relatively simple material, sheet metal flashing. Flashing's engineering is straightforward, yet one of the most under, underlooked features in an old house. Many times when roof and water problems arise, under-maintained or poorly installed flashing are the weak link in the otherwise sound roof drainage system. Here then, some common problem areas that, uh, that I've seen and the proper way to deal with them and to make for a healthy flashing on your house. So the metals and fasteners. So choose appropriate metals. During the 19th century, lead, copper, turn, steel coated with a kind of lead and tin mixture, and galvanized steel were used for roof flashing and still may be present on some old houses. Today, the selection has expanded to include aluminum, once a precious metal, lead-coated copper, a visual stand-in for lead, and turn-coated stainless steel, a proprietary product known as TCS-11, with copper remaining among the most versatile flashing metals for historic buildings in terms of balancing durability, workability, and that all-important traditional appearance. So make sure the metals in the, in the fasteners and the flashing are compatible. With copper flashing, this means using copper, brass, bronze, or stainless steel nails. Each metal has a position on the electromotive series, and that's a scale that ranks it from noble, which is the least corrosive, to base, which is the most reactive. The further apart the two metals are in the series, the more potential for a gal <coughs> galvanic corrosion, an electric current that occurs between two metals in the presence of an electrolyte, which is what? Rainwater. In such cases, the more base metal will corrode aluminum, gutters say, in contact with copper flashing. The ring shank and barb shank nails to, fashion to fasten flashing components that don't move, such as cleats and some base finishing, to, to wood, unlike smooth shank nails, which can work their way out of the wood through seasonal changes. The protrusions on ring shanked or barb shanked nails hold the nail in the wood so the flashing does its job and stays quite secure. So don't nail valley flashings to the roof deck. Nails won't permit the metal to expand or contract, which it can do significantly over long runs. And that movement can slot holes in the metal, creating avenues for water to penetrate. 
Instead, use clips, which allow the valley flashing to move, reducing the chance that the metal will buckle. Cleats are typically two inches wide, nailed to the deck, and formed to lock into the flashing while still allowing movement. Use the appropriate thickness of metal. Sheet copper thickness is measured by the weight in ounces per square foot. Valley flashings in particular are subject to the scoring action of water. And for valleys flashed in copper, experts recommend a minimum of a 20 ounce copper and up to 24 ounce of copper at times for valleys. For <laughs> through wall flashing, there, where the metal extends into the masonry, such as in chimneys or brick veneer walls, use at least 16-ounce copper. Especially in brick walls, detail the masonry with weep holes above the flashing to allow moisture to escape. Again, moisture is always our enemy. Moisture in the sun. We need both, but it's the main enemy. So ensure there is galvanic separation between the copper header flashings and galvanized lintels over windows and other openings. Aluminum and zinc are the metals and the most potential for problems when in direct contact with copper and steel is galvanized with zinc. Use a coating that is compatible with both materials, such as a bituminous, bituminous paint. And that's going to be something, uh, a paint uh, that's based in uh, asphalt or um, an oil-based uh, substance coming off the base of the ocean, which asphalt is made from. Bitume. So if you use sealants with copper, make sure they're compatible compounds, such as electrometrics, butyl, or polyurethane. Avoid acrylics, neoprene, and nitrile-based sealants, which can corrode copper. Common conditions. Ensure the appropriate flashings are used for appropriate roof slopes. Flashings designed for steep roofs were neither, <coughs> neither uh, solder or sealants are required, will not perform reliably on low slope roofs. Make valley flashings wide enough. The exposure, the portion of the valley and covering the roof should be at least four inches wide two inches on either side of the roof joint. So this is critical for, you know, wind applications of driven rain. And extend under the roofing by at least six inches on either side. For long or steep slopes, increase the exposure by one-eighth per lineal foot of flashing to accommodate the larger volumes of water that gather in the lower portions of the roof. Make sure that, that uh, reglets, grooves, made in masonry to accept flashing are detailed properly. The flashing should be at least two inches deep and should be folded to form a V to anchor it into the right reglet. The flashing is then secured in front with folded lead or copper strips and sealant. In some parts of the country, flashing should be designed to minimize the potential for line corrosion. For valley flashings, especially, Incorporate a cant strip, which is a, um, a feature having a sloping surface, into either, either side of the valley so that it lifts overlapping slate or wood shingles off the metal. 
The prevalence of acid rain east of the Mississippi means that the acidic runoff has a tendency to migrate between shingles and valley flashings through capillary action and can permanently deteriorate copper over time. Adding cant, cant raises and, and roof, roofing materials enough to remove the conditions for capillary action. Line corrosion is less of a concern at the eaves because of the sl- sleep or the slope of roofs and the rapid water runoff. And also where valley flashings form the junction of roofs with unequal slopes. Incorporate a baffle or splash rib in the form of an inverted V about, oh, say an inch, an inch and a half high at the center of the valley. This baffle reduces the potential for fast-moving water to wash from one roof to the other underneath shingles on the opposite side. Also, crimp over the flashing edges about one-half inch, not only to accommodate cleats, but also to block water from creeping over the edge. On standing seam metal roofs, do not lock the pans of the roofing to the valley flashing. Instead, attach the roof metal to valley flashing using either a continuous locking strip soldered to the valley or a double fold in the flashing that receives the end of the roofing. So, do not cut off <coughs> do not cut off old through-wall chimney flashing and then install new flashing at a higher level using reglets because most traditional masonry is porous. This condition creates the potential for moisture migrating down the chimney. Masonry where it is blocked by the old through-wall flashing. The moisture then finds its way to the outside of the chimney, behind the new flashing, then enters the building instead. So try to lock new building flashing onto the old through-wall flashing using a folded seam. Or if possible, install reglets just under the level of the through-wall flashing and then use the existing metal as a counter-flashing. So Greg Perry, hopefully this uh, solves all the questions out there everyone had about utilizing metal flashing, particularly as I see it, copper flashing. Uh, very complex, seems like a, you know, a simple material and a simple project, but uh, believe me, I've done with several historic houses and uh, leaks are very difficult. So, um, and most leak through the flashed areas. So Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist, signing out.